Man. Man, just the presence of the Lord is so sweet in this place. Amen. Man, so good to see you this morning. And, and I just believe we're just going to continue in just the flow of where everything is. It's interesting. We don't talk a whole lot about before service and song, song lists to different things that are said. It's all connecting together. And I, I believe something is going to continue to happen in our hearts this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9, and, and I really enjoyed the last two weeks, uh, my wife and I tag-teaming and, and everything, looking forward to doing more of that this year, and, and um, I just I really appreciate Annette, I just appreciate the gift and her heart for the church. Give my wife a hand for, and uh, if you weren't here, if you weren't here Wednesday night, go online and listen to her minister as, as she continued on the series we've been doing called Hearing God. And man, it was an awesome message this past Wednesday, Wednesday evening as well. So I encourage you to go on and listen to that. And, uh, and so we started something a couple weeks ago in this series called Making Room. And there's a, a phrase that she used. And we really, when we were in Africa back in November and December, we just started talking about this. And, and, and we just kept having this statement come up in our hearts, making room for harvest. Making room for harvest. And, and immediately, a lot of times, especially in our circles, when we think of harvest, immediately we, we, think, of, we think of finances, right? But harvest is really a, about, about God producing in any area of your life. You see, God wants to, you, wants to produce things in every area of your life. He wants, he wants to produce a strong marriage, a strong family, a, a, a strong, healthy, physical body. He wants to produce in you his, his dream in your life. Making room for harvest. And as we've been talking about, it's, 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 it's making room in here first. The, the change starts here. Say making room for harvest. Amen. These are days of glory, days of flourishing, and days of abounding. God wants you to experience harvest in every area of your life. You know what? I'm not satisfied with the way I am as a husband. I want to grow as a husband. I, I want to grow as a father. I, I want to grow as a pastor, as, as a minister. How about you? You want to grow in your life? And so I know if, I, if I'm going to grow in my life, it's going to, it's going to start on, on me being changed in here. You know, the word says, it talks about we are transformed, Right? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, so I'm either going to be conformed to the world or I'm going to be transformed by the word. So, so the thing is, is I constantly, every time I go to the word, I wanted to constantly be making room in my heart for God's dream in my life. God's desire in each one of our lives. And here in Mark chapter nine. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 9, thank you, Lord. Verse 22, and this is a man that has a demon-possessed boy, and he, come to, he went to the disciples, and the disciples couldn't cast it out, and he, 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 then he comes to Jesus, and Jesus says, and, and it has often thrown him into the fire and into the water, intending to kill him, but if you can do anything, do have pity on us. The King James, the King James says, have compassion on us. And help us. Amen. <laughs> and Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. So Jesus having compassion, he asked, Can you have compassion on us and help us? And Jesus said, If, I, if thou can believe, all things are possible. 
to him that believes. All things are possible to him that believes. You see, for me, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a statement we can shout about. It's a, it's a statement we can praise about. But really, do you believe it? You have to really ask yourself that question because, because really, if you can believe, all things are possible. You see, the, the, the man goes on in, in verse 24. It says, and straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. Help my unbelief. So he's saying, I, I believe what you're saying. But wait a minute, I'm not sure if I really understand what you're saying. And so here, I I hear this this morning as we we convey this thought this morning, this whole aspect of of the heart. This whole aspect of the heart. I've I've got to make room for harvest, so so I need to to change some things in my heart. Help, help, Help how I think in my heart. Help how I think in my life. Help how I do things in my marriage. Help how I do things with my finances. Help how, help my unbelief. Help me where I'm not thinking right. See, unbelief is just not thinking according to the way God thinks. And so help my unbelief. See, you're always going to be limited by your thought life. You're either going to be unlimited or you're going to be limited based on how you think about things. Let's go to uh, Isaiah 54. And I just want to revisit this for a moment. Because when you see something in the word or you hear something preached, it's either one or two things going to happen. Either you're going to say, I believe that or I'm not sure. And so you're just like that man. Help my unbelief. I believe, but... Wait a minute, there's some other things because of my experience, because of my lack of education or my lack of understanding. I'm not really sure. And, and, and here last week we talked about this, this talking about the barren woman. And here, here the prophet says, sing, in verse 1 says, Sing, O barren one, you who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who did not travail with child. For the children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Now, we know this is talking, he's talking about God's people, not a specific woman. But think about that. Here, the Spirit of God is speaking to this woman. He tells this woman who is barren, I want you to sing. I want you to shout aloud because, because right now you're barren. But you know what? There's going to come a time where you're going to be more than her. So, so what I'm saying is you can hear the fact that it's days of glory, flourishing and abounding, or God wants to set you free. God wants to heal your marriage or God wants to restore your life. You can hear those things and, 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 and immediately, you know, say, I agree with that. But once you get in your heart, it's like, I don't know. I, I don't really know. After all, what about that? Per- After all, what about that person? After all, what about that person? And so the thing is, you have to say, help I need to make room for harvest. So I need to make room, harvest, increase in my life, abounding in my life. I need to make room in here. And so here, God is speaking to this woman because he's wanting harvest in this woman's life. But he's got to speak something to her so she can start seeing things differently. 
And that's what the word of God does. It's to speak into your heart to change how you change your belief system. That's one thing we have in the world today is a lot of times people want to match their belief system and whether I'm going to agree with the word or not. No, you need to take the word of God and allow it to change your belief system. And so here, here the word is coming forth into this woman's life. And then he tells her, enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out the curtains of your habitation. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you will break, for you will break forth of the right hand and on the left. Here, this woman is barren. And all of a sudden, God has the audacity to say, I want you to enlarge. I want you to enlarge. See, see, when you don't have anything and you haven't had anything for, for a long time, it's hard for you to think different. No, I'll always be this way. I'll never get over this. I'm not going to get beyond this. I'm not going to get over this grief. I'm not going to get over this addiction. I'm not going to get over this. I'm always going to be this way. But God's saying to you this morning, enlarge. Because you know what? He sees something greater than what you see. He sees you on the other side of restoration. He sees your future. He sees what you don't have in your hand right now. He sees your ministry, even though you, even though you might have a small ministry right now. He, he sees something beyond what you see. But he said, enlarge the place of your tent. That's enlarging your thinking. And what does he do immediately? Because see, that's the moment of thought is, how is that going to happen? See, you know, it goes, let me go back to that a moment. Just this whole aspect of small thinking. You know, you know, you, we, we are being in this world. We're created for the most part to think not by God, but because of our environment to be small. To think small. Because of our experiences. Because of our viewpoints. But think about throughout history. You know, he speaks to the barren woman. You're going to be more than the one. How can this be? God sees something different. What about Gideon? Gideon said, I'm the least. But God sees something different. What about Abraham? I'm never going to have a seed. But God sees the father of many nations. You had a whole city that said, "By you know, we're going to all die of starvation. But God speaks to a prophet. And he stands up and said, well, by this time tomorrow. God sees something different. You have the disciples and, 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 and those following Jesus. And, and they see the multitude that's starving and hungry. But yet God sees two fish and five loaves that's going to be enough to feed the multitudes. So we have to see is, is God sees ultimate harvest. But we get caught where we are. You know, if, if I just looked at and was led by my life based on my natural limitations, I would not be where I am today. You know, there's a time in my life where I was sick physically and I was hopeless. But God saw this. God saw this. There was there was a time when he said, he said, I want you to move to Texas. But but in my heart, I was like, I was like, I can't move to Texas. I've got all this debt. I'm the no one. No one has left my town where I live. No, no one's been. No one's been in ministry in my family. And and all these see, those were my limitations. See, your thought and your heart are going to be your limitations of what God wants to do in and through your life in this year and beyond. So so don't let your limitations, that their natural limitations, hinder you. Enlarge your thinking. 
Because immediately when God speaks something to you, or even while you're here, or you're at home and something comes up and something arises, what happens is immediately something happens in our heart. Just like that man that took, took his son to Jesus and he said, help my unbelief. Okay, help my, where am I at, Lord? I, I have a limitation here, so help me out here. What's going on? Because you see things that I don't see. And this woman, the first thing he tells her, in, I think it's in verse 4, he says, fear not. And he says, and don't be ashamed. I know I dealt with some of this last week, but, but I'm telling you, those are the biggest limitations that are going to hit. You have to make room for harvest. You need to get rid of the fear and get rid of the shame. But So what was the answer to it? And then we'll go forward. The answer we see in verse 5 and in verse 10. The answer is, for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. You see, who's, how's it going to happen? How's it going to happen? It's the Lord of hosts. Amen. How, how, how am I going to see harvest? It's the Lord of hosts. How am I going to get over this loss? It's the, it's the Lord of hosts. How am I going to, how am I going to, how am I going to get restored? Because this is a terrible situation. The Lord of hosts. See, see your limitations are destroyed when you stop focusing on the limitation and you start focusing on him. You have to change your focus to make room for harvest. You have to put your focus in the right place. And then in verse 10, for the mountain shall depart and the hill shall be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from thee. Neither shall the covenant of my peace be removed, says the Lord, that hath mercy on thee. So how is this woman that has no one, nothing going to be more? Why? Because of the Lord of hosts and because of this, my kindness shall not depart from you. There's something in connection that we need to get a hold of more and more in our hearts is who God is and his mercy that he has on us. His kindness towards us. How are you going to get there? Because of who he is and his love for you and his mercy for you. Let's go to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus 33. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. You know, we, we say that statement so often, show, show me your glory. We, we sang it over and over, show me the glory. But what, what is it? What is it? Hallelujah. Starting in verse 12 of Exodus 33, Moses said to the Lord, see, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. See here, I I hear a, a, a desperation in Moses. Okay, wait a minute. I know you told me to do this. And, and, you know, I left Jethro's. I went there. We're out here in the middle of the wilderness. Now what? I know we're going to the promised land, but now what? See, there, there, see I hear, I hear it, 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 any questions that we have, it's, it's really something that's within our heart. So I hear, we're hearing Moses' heart here. 
wait a minute, I'm, I'm out here and I'm not sure how I'm getting there. Have, have you ever been there? <laughs> you, okay, God, I know I'm doing what you told me to do, but wait a minute, how am I going to get there? You know, I, you know, as a minister, even though I've been doing this for, for, for a number of years now, anytime I come out to preach to people, Lord, okay, are you out there with me? Because I do not want to do this by myself because Justin and himself, you don't want to see. So, so here, here Moses is saying, you have not let me know whom you will send me, send with me. Yet you say, I know you by name and I've had favor in your sight. See, I'm going back to what God said. Okay, now I know this, but wait a minute, I'm still feeling this. Now, therefore, verse 13, now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your, in your sight, show me your way that I may know you. Let that be your heart cry. See, you know, sometimes we get the cart before the horse where God, God, show me the way. But here, I love what he says, show me now your way that I may know you. See, I think if we kind of put things in right perspective, wherever you're at right now and whatever you're going through right now, get to know him and let then let him show you the path. Become more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, perceiving and recognizing, understanding more strongly and clearly, and that I may find favor in your sight. And Lord, do consider that this nation is your people. He kind of throws that in there. Now, reminder, God, remember, remember, we're your people, okay? All right, don't forget about me out here, God. All right, remember, we're your people. See, you can have questions in your heart, all right? Verse 14. And the Lord said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Man. Man, my presence shall go with you. I think we can just go home right there. My presence shall go with you. And I will give you rest. See, it goes back to whenever you're having those questions in your heart. Do you realize when you said the widow, your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts, he's your redeemer. He's the one that purchased you. He says, you know what? My presence is going to go with you. Hallelujah. And I'll give you rest. Verse 15, and Moses said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with me, do not carry us up from here. Hallelujah. This is a rabbit trail there. How often are we doing things apart from him? Hallelujah. Verse 16, for by what shall it be known that I and your people have found favor in your sight? Is it not in your going with us so that we're distinguished? I and your people from all the other people upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing also that you have asked for. You have found for you have found favor, love and kindness and. We good? Hallelujah. I know you personally by name. And then Moses makes a statement. He says, show me your glory. Show me your glory. What, what is the glory? I love, I love God's response to him. He says, he says, I will make all my goodness. Pass before you. 
And I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious. And I will show mercy to whom I will show mercy. You, you know, I, I believe I forgot a, a, a statement there. He said, he said this, he says, he says, and God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. Now get this, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord before you. For I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious and I will show mercy and loving kindness. You see, there's a connection. I wanted you to see this morning. There's a connection of God's glory and understanding who God is and his mercy. Now, let's go to Exodus 34. Now, just stay with me. God's doing something this morning. Thank you. Father. In Exodus 34. Verse six. Remember, Moses said, show me your glory. And God says, when I pass by, right? Oh, my, you're going to see my goodness, right? Now, verse six here, it says he passed by. So now it went from a prayer to something that actually happened. It says, and the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth, keeping mercy and loving kindness for thousands, forgiving iniquities and transgressions and sins. Now get that. And he said, and he passed by and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord. Now it's interesting, this word, the Lord here. Now, if you understand anything about interpretation of scripture, there's three different ways the word Lord is written in scripture. One, you have capital L with a capital O, R and a D, they're all the same. Anytime you see that in scripture, that means Elohim. It means the creator. Anytime you see Lord with a O-R-D, they're capital letters, but they're a little smaller than the L. That means they're talking about Jehovah. And if you see a capital L with a lowercase O-R-D, it's talking about Adonai, like master or father. And so here, when he proclaims this, he, he says, the Lord, the Lord, he was saying, he was proclaiming himself to be Jehovah. He was, you see, he, who is Jehovah? Jehovah is the ever-living, ever-loving, self-existent one who constantly reveals himself to humanity. That's who Jehovah is. So, so when he shows up and he said he proclaims his name, he was saying, I'm Jehovah. I'm going to constantly reveal myself to you. I am Jehovah. I'm the self-existent ones. I am Jehovah. I'm ever living. I'm ever loving God. And I want to touch humanity. So when he says, show me your glory and God speaks his name, he's saying, wow, his glory is so much more than I understand. His glory is so much beyond my thinking and my capacity to understand. And, And he says this and he says, talks about this mercy. The glory of God. Is, is who God is, but the glory of God is also his, his mercy. Now, what is mercy? Mercy, kindness, loving kindness, however you want to call it. It is, see, you, mercy is not something you, you describe. If you look at the mercy in the Hebrew, it's actually can only be seen with an action. It's something that can only be revealed in a tangible way. You, you can't necessarily just speak about mercy. You can only show mercy. It's a tangible thing. It's, it's something that I could try to explain it, but it's not really done until something happens. And so, so here we see the glory of God is not just for us to, it's for us to know him. It's for us to know his love, but it's also to see a manifestation of it. 
Anytime you see the glory of God happening in scripture, it always changes something or someone. The glory of God making room, making room for who he is, making room for his Mercy, wherever you're at in your life right now, whatever you're facing in your life right now, understand that he is Jehovah. Understand he wants to reveal himself to you. Make room for him to reveal himself to you. Make room for him to expand your understanding and your thing. Take the limits off of your understanding of who he is and then allow him to reveal his kindness to you, his love for you, his mercy to you. Yes. Hallelujah. In verse nine of Exodus 34, it says, and he said, if now I have found favor and loving kindness in your sight, O Lord, let the Lord, I pray you go in the midst of us. Although it's a stiff necked people and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us for your inheritance. And the Lord said, behold, now get this. I lay down afresh, really amplified afresh the terms of the mutual agreement between Israel and me, a covenant before all your people, I will do marvels, wonders, and miracles such have not been done or wrought or created in all the earth or in any nation. Wow. You see, this glory, Jehovah, this mercy, the whole aspect here, he he cuts a covenant with him and he says, that I will do marvels among you. Such has not been wrought or created in all the earth or in any nation. All things are possible to him that believe. Lord, help my unbelief. Do I, do I really believe that you love me enough to do marvels in my life? You, you know, Annette and I were talking and yesterday, you know, with a couple of families in the church are walking through some challenging situations. So just continue to lift up the Dolores and her family and as their brother went, went to heaven and, and also the Montsevias family. But, and I was thinking about restoration and I was thinking about walking through difficult things and and I, and I looked to Annette and because and a lot of times we classify miracles as, as, as something, okay, well, you know, someone was healed or, or that was happened, something as it pertained to a healing or a financial miracle. And, and all those, I don't, I'm not making light of those because we're going to be praying for those things. To, we're going to be praying and agreeing for, for manifestations at the end of service. But I, I, got, I got thinking, I was sitting in the car and I, I just was really just captivated and the Lord just showed my life. He goes, Justin, why, why do you look at miracles as being big things? And I, and I just thought, thought about that and, I, and, 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 he, and he, he said this to me and I, Annette and I, and I looked at her and I told this to her. I said, I said, you know what? You and I have walked through some things that would have probably destroyed most people. I mean, you all don't need to know all our, some of you do, been here for a number of years. But, but it, you know, there's things that we've gone through that, that some people never make it out from. And are still stuck there 20 years later. 
And he, he said, he goes, he said, because you, you chose to lay hold of me through the process and not let the process destroy you. So when you go through difficult things and, and what happens is, 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 is that making room in your heart, it says, is this going to destroy me? But see, make way for his mercy. Because what you're going through doesn't change his name or who he is, and it doesn't change his mercy. Allow the mercy of God. Allow the presence of God. Allow the glory to God to quicken every aspect of your life. Lord gave me a definition years ago, a few years back, about a miracle. And in this, he says, what, he said, do you know what a miracle is, Justin? I said, yeah, you're going to tell me? And he said, a miracle is when the divine intersects with the ordinary and removes every limitation. You see, Annette and I, when I went through a difficult time, first thing the Lord said, he says, keep your heart right. And you'll be restored in less than a year. And so, you know what? I had to protect my heart. It's my heart. It's my heart. And and when and when I was going through and things didn't look right, or I wanted to quit, wanted to give up, you know, felt like that man in Mark chapter nine. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I believe, but help my unbelief. Okay, all right, your presence is with me. All right, you're going to walk through this, yeah. Oh, thank you. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I know Rick said this, but I want you to see it again. Because what is the glory of God? I really need to really change that terminology, but who is the glory of God? In 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, actually we even look in chapter 3, at the end of Exodus 34, just stay with me here for a moment. At the end of Exodus 34, it said, when Moses came down from the mountain, his face had shone like the sun. And then we, we, we see in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 8 says, Why should not the dispensation of the Spirit, this spiritual ministry, whose task is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit, be attained with much greater and more splendid glory? Verse 11, For if that which was at passing and fade away came with splendor, how much more must that which remain and is permanent abiding glory and splendor? So it's referring to the difference between the law and the time of Jesus. And he's, he's talking about it should be greater. But in, in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. So if I want to see who God is and I want to understand his character and his mercy, I have to look at Jesus. I have to look at Jesus. Paul said, the verse before that, it says, we preach Christ. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. Hallelujah. 
You see, when, you know, when I was walking through my circumstances and going through other circumstances in life, it's when I was able to look at Jesus. I was able to look at Jesus. Let's go to John chapter 17. Thank you, Father. John 17. Verse 20. It says, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. So he's praying not just for them, but he's praying for us. That they all may be one as our father art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me and the glory which you gave me. I have given them the glory which you gave me. I've given them. That they may be one as we're one. I and them and you and me. That they may be made perfect in one. That the world may know that you sent me. And has loved them as thou hast loved me. See there's this connection between the glory of God. And the love of God. Verse 24. Father I will that they also whom thou hast given me. Be with me where I am. That they what? Behold my glory. That they would see my glory. Which thou hast given me. For you what love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous father. The world hath not known thee. But I have known thee. And these have known thee that you have sent me. Verse, verse 26 in the Amplified. I have made your name known to them. And revealed your character. Yourself. Your very self. And I will continue to make you known. That the love which you have bestowed upon me. May be in them. And that I myself may be in them. Here we see this. I pray that they behold my glory. And he makes this connection between the glory of God and the love of God. And he says this. I've made your name known to them. So Jesus is saying, if you want to see God's glory, then look at my life. If you want to see the glory of God, look at my life. Because everything I did was to reveal the Father. Everything he did. Everything he did. Everything that Jesus did was an act of revealing the Father and showing mercy. When he taught the word on the, on the, the Beatitudes on the side of the mountain, what it was, he was releasing the glory of God and he was releasing the mercy of God. When he healed the blind man, he was, he was releasing the mercy of God and he was releasing the glory of God. Everything that Jesus did was to reveal and release the glory of God and the mercy of God. Make room in your heart and allow his, the understanding of who he is to overwhelm your heart this year. Hallelujah. And live from the inside out, not from the outside in. Hallelujah. We're to be inside. We, we should live from the inside out, not outside in. Hallelujah. The glory of God. But it's looking in the face of Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. And you'll see God's glory. Hallelujah. So when we say show us his glory, we're saying open up our understanding of who God is. Open our understanding up of who Jesus is. Open our understanding up. Cause us to see your love in amazing ways. Hallelujah. Jesus revealed the glory of of God. Go to John chapter 2. Hallelujah. John chapter 2. 
verse 11. It says, this beginning of miracles. This is right after Jesus did his first miracle. It said, this beginning of miracles did Jesus in the Canaan of Galilee and manifested forth his glory. And his disciples believed on him. Amplified says this, the first of his signs, miracles, wonderful works, Jesus performed in Canaan and Galilee and manifested his glory. By it, he displayed his greatness and his power openly and his disciples believed on him. You see, I don't just believe Jesus was manifesting his glory. I believe he was manifesting the father's glory. His first miracles and it said, and this was the continuing and how he manifested the glory of God. Everything Jesus did was to manifest the glory of God, who God is and his mercy, whose God is his loving kindness. Hallelujah. Make room for him to get involved in your life, in every aspect of your life. The glory of God. Don't look at the glory of God as a feeling. Oh, we felt the glory of God today. Well, it's so good that we feel it, but what if you don't feel it? Does that change it? Does that change it? He constantly wants to reveal himself to you. I might be getting ahead of myself here, but, but why is it so important? And why does he so want to, and Darren, why does he so want to reveal himself to you? Because if you don't know who he is or the way he works, how will you tell someone else? Stop trying, stop trying to get to know God for what you can get from him. Get to know him. Get to know him. And I'm telling you, you'll see amazing things in your life. I've never pursued to preach in one place. Why? My heart was just, I just want to know God. I didn't, I didn't even want to do this. I don't like talking in front of people. You have to get to know him and let him reveal himself to you. Because it's when you are captured by the glory of God, meaning who he is and his amazing mercy. It totally changes how you do life. Go to Ephesians 3 and I'll close with this. Verse 14, for this cause, Ephesians 3, verse 14, for this cause, I bow my knee into the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Man, here, here the Apostle Paul, he establishing, I mean, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He, he here, he, I, I pray for you. I mean, this is, this is not something he did flippantly. This was, this was something that, you see, when I pray for you, it's because I want you to know what I know. 
I want you to experience what I've experienced. When I preach to you, I, I, want, I want you to know the God that I know. I, I, and, and so here, everything Paul did, it was about relaying what had changed his life. Everything he wrote, everything he spoke was unfolding his heart, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Everything about his life. His tribulations, his pressures, his, 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 his faults, his everything. He lays it out for us. And, and here, this aspect, he, you know, I just really want you to get the heart. This isn't just some flippant prayer that he's praying. He's praying something because he understands if the church of Ephesus can get a hold of this, it would change them. It would change their whole perspective about life. And sometimes in order to make room for a harvest, we have to do something in our hearts to totally go back to the word of God, fresh and new and allow it to change how we see things. And not just confess scriptures because it sounds good. In Ephesians 3 here, it's in verse 16 says, this is a prayer that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. See, Paul wants us to, he grants you the riches of his glory that he could give you. He said, Paul said, I pray that he would grant you, give, bestow upon you the riches of his glory. He, Paul's saying, you know what? I've understood this and I want you to be awakened and I want you to receive in you the riches of his glory. Say, say this with me. God wants me to know the riches of his glory. The word riches is the wealth, the abundance of his glory. See, but if we just read scriptures fast, we will kind of go right over it. But, but Paul's saying, this is, this is an exchange take. Paul's saying, in this prayer, there's an exchange happening. And I, 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 like, I, like, <laughs> I like the riches of his glory. See, wherever you're at, do you think the riches of his glory could change it? Whatever you're going through, do you think the riches of the glory of God could change wherever you're at? Do you, do you think it has the ability to do that? Amen. Are you with me? According to the riches of his glory. Now, there's several things here that he tells us that I believe that are an outflow of this glory. The first thing here is to be strengthened with might by his spirit. So this glory is going to cause you to be strengthened. Another thing is that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love. You see, when you understand the riches, you're going to be strengthened. When you understand the riches, Christ is going to dwell in your heart by faith. And you're going to be rooted and grounded in love. And when you know the riches of his glory, you're going to be able to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth, the length and the depth and the heights of it? And to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, now, this is the riches of his glory. So the riches of his glory goes back to what? Knowing who he is and knowing love. The riches of his glory is about being, for lack of a better, possessed with the love of God. This whole prayer is this, this riches of his glory that you, that you would know the love of Christ that passes knowledge 
but that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Make room for harvest. Make room for harvest. Making room for harvest out here begins with making room for harvest in here. Enlarging your tent that you be rooted and grounded in love. That you would comprehend all the saints, what is the length, the depths, and the heights of that love? And to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. So now it's that we would be filled with, possessed with what Moses asked to see. What Moses asked to see. God's given it to us. I know that's a deep thought. But let it enlarge your tent. Let it enlarge your thinking. Let it enlarge every aspect of your life. Because it says after that, it says, Now unto him that is able to do. You see, when you... Understand that. Now unto him that is able to do. Now unto him that is able to do. I don't, I don't believe we're waiting on God. You know, a lot of people ask, well, where's the next move of God coming? Is it going to be that? Is it going to? No, God's just wanting you to get in line with his word. Get in line with his word. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask, think, according to the power that's working in in us. Unto him be glory in the church. Man, glory in the church. Glory in the church. Months back I did a few messages on the church alive. Why should the church be alive? According to Revelation it says he walks through the churches. Our church should be alive. Our life should be alive because glory is on his church. It's because of who he is resonates to the rest of the world. And the love of God resonates to the rest of the world. Everyone stand to your feet. And I want to read Ephesians 3. I want to read this to you in the Passion Translation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Ephesians 3. Just close your eyes and listen to this. So I kneel humbly in all before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on the earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor. Until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and the root of your life. Then you'll be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences. The great magnitude. Of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement 
that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you're filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ. And all that we will yet and all that we will yet be manifest through time and eternity. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Thank you for showing us your glory in the face of Jesus. In the face of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We love you, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. To know you. To know your love. To be grounded and founded and rooted in it. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Mm. To make room in our hearts, sometimes there needs to be healing in our hearts. Remember, I talked about it. A lot of times we look at miracles. It's in something that's outwardly seen, per se, as a healing or financial. But what about a miracle of him healing your heart? Yes. You know, what? because offense has destroyed people. Anger has destroyed people. And anger has caused people to destroy other people. Yes. Why, why can't a miracle be... Getting free from anger. Why? A miracle being, you're able to finally look in the mirror and forgive yourself. Don't, don't say that's just something easy. And it's not easy. Because sometimes we can put on a show for everyone else, but still look in the mirror and still know everything about us that we hate. A miracle. What about, you know, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is, is a cancer. Bitterness is a cancer. How, how, how about mercy and the glory of God touching the cancer of unforgiveness? Because ultimately, really, if we would really be truthful, a lot of our, our natural things that we deal with, the root causes are all those other things. If you re, it, it's, not, it's not necessarily you need a financial miracle. You, 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 need, you need a better work ethic. You think God can touch your heart to where it changes how you treat your job, how you do things? See, we, 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 may like to, we, may, we like to make it all the spiritual side of things, but realizing the spiritual aspect is to f- affect my natural. You maybe, maybe even with, with sickness and things like that, and this is not to make anyone condemn. Maybe, maybe the Lord's been telling you to change your eating habits for 10 years, but you haven't. 
I know that can be hard, but we're wanting miracles. And hey, you know, I, I, I praise God. God, God will step in and you'll, you'll see a healing. But, but the thing is, is, you know, it's like God healing someone of emphysema, but not stop smoking. Well, I'm healed. Praise the Lord. I'm healed. Well, yeah, you, you might have been healed, but the thing is, what's going to keep it from coming back? Well, just with relationships, I go from one relationship to relationship. Well, maybe it's not the other person. Maybe you need to work on you. But see, how, our, how it affects our relationships, how we do everything, will go through the filter of, of unforgiveness, offense, bitterness, resentment, uh, looking down on other people, thinking you're better than other people. All these things, what happens is, is, is it affects all those other areas. Hallelujah. Healing. Healing in our physical bodies. So I just want you to see that. Lots of we look at miracles. We like the first thing. And, and, and yeah, we need to. I'm believing for miracles to happen every Sunday. We confess it every Sunday. Every, every Tuesday in our staff meeting, we have, we have like 20 confessions that we declare over you and over this church. Over your finances, over every aspect. The, the, the grace of God was on this church and we're flourishing. Every service we experience signs and wonders and miracles. Every service, people being filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, delivered, and set free. Our worship sets the atmosphere for the, for the presence of God to move and the word to go forth. I mean, we have things that we say over you. And the thing is, we're believing for miracles. I'm believing even today that we're going to pray for people that are sick and you're going to get healed today. Amen. Amen. But as I was praying over the last several days, I kept hearing this. The Lord said, I want to heal, I want to hear, heal marriages. I want to heal finances and I want to heal physical bodies. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Just close your eyes. Hallelujah. Just right now, just, if you can, just put, pull off, push away. What you're going to do this afternoon? This afternoon, what what the person is doing to your left and your right? Or take your time, take your focus off what time it is, and go inward just for a moment. Out of our innermost being, Father, I thank you for touching every heart repeat this after me Father God I open my heart to you I believe that all things are possible to him that believes help me in my unbelief help me in areas where I have been thinking right help me for holding on to wrong thoughts and ideas about myself, about others. In Jesus' name. Just, just right now, just let him minister to you. Let him minister to your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 
Just as people have their heads bowed, just if, if you say, Pastor Justin, I need my heart healed. Just lift your hands. Lift your hands. I see those hands. I see those hands. I see those hands all over the place. You can lower your hands. courage I declare over you the courage to let go I declare and I command in the name of Jesus that you let go of anger right now in Jesus name you let go offense right now in Jesus name You let go of offense in Jesus' name. Whatever's heavy, whatever's in your heart, release it to him. You know what that is. Forgive those people. Forgive that person. Forgive that pastor. Forgive that church. might be just torment over the past let your past go let it go let it go make room for harvest make room for where God wants to take you make room for Jesus to work in you and do a work through you to let it go the courage to let it go the courage the courage the courage to trust God with your life the courage yeah there's I just sense my there's some here that you've been offended at God the courage to let it go the courage to release it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Father. We love you. 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 We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Healing. Healing. Healing every heart. Healing. 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 Healing your heart from your childhood. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
healing, healing your heart from your childhood. Yeah. Yeah, release that rejection right now. Release it, release it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Healing, healing. We'd see you. Oh, hallelujah. See Jesus. Hallelujah. That we'd see you, Jesus. That we'd see you. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Healing hearts. Healing hearts. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for healing in marriages this morning. Healing in marriages this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Annette, can you come up here? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Rick, I want you to come up and stand with Cassie. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. No, you you hold the microphone. Oh, you got a microphone. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Healing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. heads bowed husbands and wives as you have you take hands and said this is just between you and the Lord and say say Pastor Justin Annette and Rick and Cassie we need healing in our marriage just lift your hands lift your hands you to pray over the marriages. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down if you have much still. Healing. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Jesus, you are the perfect example of a husband to a wife. You love us so unconditionally, Lord. We draw on that anointing, Lord. The relationship that you have towards us. And I ask you, Lord, to wash clean the marriages and the men and the women 
that have tried to do this on their own, that have labored hard, that have been in and out, in and out situations, restore. We declare healing over them first. Healing, supernatural, forgiveness, supernatural. Supernatural restoration. Cleansing. A cleansing. A cleansing. A cleansing. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Wash, pure, and holy. We call on you, Jesus. Open our understanding. Open the understanding of men throughout this whole entire congregation. Men watching by way of internet. To have an understanding of who you are to us. So that we can love our wives the way our wives need to be loved. We draw on your anointing, Lord Jesus. You've placed that anointing on the inside of us. We look unto you, the author and the finisher of our faith. You who began a work in us will continue it until the day of your return. We need your insight, your ideas, and your concepts. We're loving our wives is concerned. We humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. Pray this with me, men. We humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. Before you, Lord, to be the men, the husbands you created us to be. We ask you, Lord, to open the eyes of our understanding so we will know how to love our wives like you love us. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, Father. We thank you for the honor it is to be a wife. It's an honor to be a wife. It's an honor to come alongside our husbands, to stand next to them, to stand with them. Father, we thank you for open hearts, open spirits to see our husbands the way that you see them, to see beyond what we see in the natural, but to see our husbands you see them and to come alongside of our husbands and to come alongside of you Jesus to be all that you've created us to be as women of God as help meets as lovers of Jesus to love our husbands And to trust your word 
to trust your word when you say to submit. That you are not taking something away from us, but yet you are placing us in a position to be covered by your grace and your glory. And we choose to trust your word. And we choose to stand by our <laughs> stand by our men and love them with the love of Jesus. Just as we are submitted and love you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for healing in marriages. Healing. Father, I lift up every person here that walking through or have walked through divorce. Yes, Jesus. I thank you for healing in their hearts. Yes, Lord. Restoration. Yes, Lord. Peace over their lives. Yes, Lord. Lift up every single person to you in this place. I thank you for healing in their hearts. Yes, Jesus. Healing from past relationships. Healing from wrong things, wrong situations. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for wholeness in the hearts of all our single people in this place. Hearts that are whole. Hearts that are yielded to you. Hearts that are waiting. Yes. Your desires fulfilled in their lives as it pertains to a relationship. Yes. Thank you, Father. Healing hearts. Yes. Healing relationships. Healing families. Thank you for the healing. The presence of God and the love of God to flow through every family here. Yes, Jesus. Restoring and making new. 